If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians chapter, 20, chapter 5, verse 21. Thank you, choir and praise team and everybody for your leadership. And uh, as you're turning there, many of you know or knew Virgie Voth. Um, she passed away this morning. And uh, many of you have been praying for her and her family. And so uh, if you know her, her services will be this week. We'll be uh, messaging you about that. Longtime member here at FBC going back to the 50s, 1950s. And so be praying for that family uh, with her loss. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. You know, at one point in time, if you were driving to like Joplin or Springfield off of I-44, you would see this mansion of a house looking thing um, known as the sandstone gardens known as the sandstone gardens Uh, it had a cafe there a shop a garden 50,000 square feet of just beauty and brilliance and it would just catch your eye as you're driving along the the interstate maybe on your way to Branson or something like that well a couple of years ago there was a fire And this is what it looked like after the fire. And one night, 50,000 square feet just scorched, burned up, leaving basically just a shell of the building. Well, I want you to look at both of these images. And I want to ask you this question, which one will reflect your marriage? Which one will reflect your family? Which one will reflect your workplace? Which one will reflect your neighborhood? Which one will reflect your community? Which one will reflect our church. Jesus once said, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. That's a guarantee. Anyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. In saying this, Jesus reveals a paradox among many within the kingdom of God. What's up is down, what's down is up. That kind of paradox. And the kingdom of God is full of them. So what, when it comes to humility, is the paradox? Success, victory, even eternal life. Marriages that last, families that are healthy, communities that are strong, churches that flourish will belong to those who live humility. It will belong to those who live humility. In other words, this picture right here, which one will reflect your story? Which one will reflect my story? Which one will reflect our story comes down to whether or not we live humility. See, some of us, and I throw myself in here, we struggle to live unity. We struggle to live oneness, like what we've talked about, to be one with each other. We struggle to live responsibility, to use the gifts in which God has given us out of his rich bank of grace to serve and build up the church. We struggle to live 
purity. We just can't help but maybe say that one word or gossip and slander with malice in our heart or we just can't help but treat others with disrespect or dislike or distrust because ultimately we're failing to live humility. Now why is that? Because for some of us, because of who that person is, because of that one thing that person said, because of that one thing that person did, or because of that one thing that was not said that we wish they would have said, or that thing that was not done that we wish they would have done, or simply because of who we think we are, because of all this or a combination of it all, many of us then consider ourselves more deserving, more important, more significant than our spouse or that person in our family or that coworker, or that fellow brother and sister in Christ. And thereby we treat one another with contempt, with dislike or disrespect or distrust. And what has grown in many of us is not humility but pride. That attitude that says, well, I'm better, I'm more important, I'm more significant, my thoughts are better than yours, my opinions are more significant, what I say matters more, and so on, and so on, and so on. The attitude of pride that says, I would have never done that. I would have never said that. If I was that person, this is how different it would all be. That attitude that says, well, at least I'm not you. Stephen Covey says, we judge ourselves by our intentions, but others by their behavior. If we were being honest with ourselves, most of us, we don't live humility, we live pride. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, said the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. And we're not talking about the kind of pride in which you say, man, I, I'm just proud of my kids or my grandkids. It's not that kind of pride. We're, we're talking about that pride in which I elevate myself as superior over another human being. He says, impurity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all of that are mere flea bites in comparison to pride. He said, as it was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family and every community and even every church since it's all begun. See, for many of us, the struggle in our family or the struggle in our marriage or at work or in the community or even in our own church is simply the lack of humility. But who could blame us? Our culture is all about me, myself, and I. Everywhere we go, through entertainment, through education, through community, this is ingrained in us. It's all about putting ourselves first. What I want, what I need, what I desire. I live my truth. I do me. Who are you to stop me? It's about what I think, and who cares about anyone else? But we must hear this. Because what Jesus is calling us to is humility. Humility means putting the needs of another person before your own. It's thinking of others before yourself. It means not drawing attention to yourself. It means acknowledging that, hey, I'm not always right, that it's not all about me. 
As Lewis goes on to say, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. So the question we must answer today, as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a sister or a brother or a son or daughter, as an employee, as a boss, as a member of the body of Jesus, is will we live humility? Because in order for us to imitate God, in order for us to live a life worthy of the calling to which we've been called, to live a life in such a way that we deserve to be called a Christian or a son or daughter of God, in order for us to walk in unity and responsibility and purity like what we've been talking about, in order for our families and communities and workplaces to be transformed, to experience victory and success and growth, for even our own church to be transformed and to experience victory and success and growth, there's one thing we need, and that is humility. As Augustine said, if you plan to build a tall house of virtues, you must first lay deep, deep foundations of humility. Now, we were going to finish Ephesians in the next two weeks, today and next week, And we're going to cover all these verses about the different roles and the family and community. And we're going to. But I'm going to extend it one more week. We're actually going to finish on October 2nd. Because first I think we have to land right here on this verse 21 and settle here for just a moment. And this is what Paul writes. He says, Ephesians 5.21, Submit to one another... Out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is almost like a bridge statement from what we've been looking at to what we're going to conclude with in the next week or two. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ultimately, this is what Paul is saying, is live humility. In other words, in everything, live in the Lord as to the Lord, especially when it comes to submission and humility. And as you're going to see over this next week or so, or next week at least, this has nothing to do with our role or the authority given to us in that role. In everything, we're to live in the Lord as to the Lord, especially when it comes to submission to one another and humility. We are not to exert superiority over one another. But we are to submit to one another because submission is the antithesis to superiority. It's the opposite. Submission is to superiority what humility is to pride. So we are to submit to one another, not to exert superiority over one another, even though I may have a role or an authority over another person. I'm not to say or to believe I'm more superior than this other person. We're to submit to one another. And he says we're to do it out of reverence for Jesus. We're to live humility. We're to submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus. Now this word choice Paul uses is fascinating to me. It blows my mind. Because out of all the words he used, out of all the ways he could have phrased this, He could have said, submit to one another out of respect for one another. He could have said, submit to one another out of love for one another. 
He could have said, submit to one another out of your feelings or emotions towards one another, but that's not what he said. He said, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of respect and awe of Christ. Hear me on this. What keeps us from walking in humility, ultimately at its foundation, has nothing to do with our attitude towards each other, It has everything to do with our attitude towards Jesus. If we claim to be followers of Jesus, if we claim to be the children of God, Paul says in Ephesians 5.1, then we ought to walk as he walked. We ought to imitate him. And we ought to do this out of reverence for him. And Paul told us what this looks like. We've quoted from Philippians chapter 2 several times in the series. But Paul says, listen, in Philippians 2, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But instead, Jesus emptied himself. He took the form of a servant Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself. Humility. He lived humility. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now that's interesting. He threw humility and obedience together there. Because what does he mean? What is Paul getting at? Well, think of it like this. I don't know if you've been following all the news attention with Queen Elizabeth's death. And it has been a lot of attention. And she's been gone now for something like over a week at least. But there just keeps being this massive memorial tribute. Her traveling about and all decorations there in the caskets and everything. And people just going through all these festivities, all the stops, everything being made for all of this. To to pay honor and respect and just to mourn her passing. And it got me thinking, man, just imagine for a moment in this life, in this world, being royalty. Imagine the cars, the yachts, the ships, the boats, the houses, the palaces. Imagine the restaurants, the sporting events, the hotels, the shops. All the fame, all the fortune. You name it, you can have it. You want it, it's yours. Everyone submitting to your every need, to your every opinion, to your every thought and direction. Everywhere you go, you get to exert superiority over others. This is what Paul is saying. Jesus could have come in all his glory. Topped every celebrity A-list. Every person in royalty, every king, every ruler, every leader out there. He had the right to do it. He had the power to do it. He had the authority to do it. He even had the audacity to do it. He could have had it all when he walked this earth, but he didn't. What Paul is saying, instead, he chose to live humility. He came not to exert superiority over others, even though he had authority over all, But instead, he came to submit himself to others. He came not to be served, but to serve. And what Paul is saying is even unto death. 
And not just any death. He says, death on a cross. In other words, nothing like what you're witnessing with Queen Elizabeth II. No death anywhere close to that. He died a criminal, a nobody, long forgotten in the eyes of the world at the time. And yes, he did this because he loved us. But what Paul is saying is he did it out of obedience. In other words, he also did it ultimately out of reverence for the Father, who he loved dearly. How we know this is when we're invited into the garden and Jesus is praying, not once, not twice, but three times, Lord, take this cup from me. Father, take this cup from me. Father, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done knowing that it was the will of the Lord to crush him, knowing that he was going to his death, even death on a cross. Jesus came not to exert superiority over others, but he came to submit himself to others out of reverence and obedience for the Father. And so the reason so many of us struggle to walk or live in humility has nothing to do with our attitude towards others. It has everything to do with our attitude towards Jesus. Because some of us have just lost reverence for him, love for him, respect and awe of him. And this is obvious in so many ways because we put, we're putting everything else first. We declare, not thy will be done, my will be done. And thus we exert superiority over others, and we don't submit to one another. So listen, we will always seek to exert superiority over others and not submit to others if we don't recover our reverence for Christ. Who he is, and how he lived, and how he's called us to live. We can come to church all we want. We can try to say, well, I've done this, and I do this, and I try this, and I try that. But until our attitude towards Jesus is course-corrected, we will always be left full of pride and contempt. Not just wondering what happened and what went wrong, but also blaming this person and that person for the mess. When we recapture our reverence for Christ and begin walking as he walked, then will we see transformation in our marriages. Then will we see transformation in our families and in our workplaces and in our community and even the church. Now, most of us know the name Mother Teresa. I've got a picture here of her. But some may not know quite her overall story. At the age of 12, she felt called to be a missionary So at the age of 18, she left her home and joined an Irish community of nuns at 18 years old. She began her schooling, she began her training, and afterwards she was sent to India. And from 1931 to 1948, she taught high school in Calcutta. But the suffering and the poverty that she glimpsed changed her forever. So much so that she left everything, put everything on the table, and devoted herself to working amongst the poorest of the poor in the slums of Calcutta. She said, I'm going to submit myself to you. She had no funds. She had no initial help. And she started an open-air school for slum children. 
and change the lives of others. That's the kind of humility Paul is getting at. This is what it looks like to live humility. To submit yourself to others out of reverence for Jesus. Emptying yourself. Putting others first. Not for gain, not for recognition, but simply for your love for Jesus. For your respect and all of Jesus. Because you belong to Him. Now, I've got to tell you a secret. It's a secret I don't think I've told you yet. And it's something... Sometimes I hide deep within me, but I'm a massive Twilight Zone fan. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm not talking about the new one, right? It doesn't compare to Rod Serling's version. I'm talking about the legit black and white Twilight Zone episodes. Those things used to come on Fourth of July marathons. That's kind of where I got started in West Texas at Thanksgiving with my grandma. That's what I would watch. Uh, And there was an episode called The Brain Center at Whipples. Some of you have seen this episode. It's about a factory where they just manufacture stuff. And the owner, his name is Mr. Whipple. And he has discovered, in this day and age, computers and robots. And how efficient they can be in the factory, in producing the product, and running even the business. And so what he begins to happen through this revelation is that Mr. Whipple begins to see the people who work for him as inferior to him and his computers. The people, his workers, become objects to him that are meant to be done away with and replaced by efficient computers. So he begins to lay off everyone. The whole factory becomes empty of people. It's very prophetic if you watch it, by the way. It's like really, really weird. But it becomes empty of people because he saw the people around him were obsolete, only getting his way, preventing him from getting more power and money and superiority over everything. And this is ultimately what he was doing. He was exerting superiority over others to an extreme. His pride was oozing out of him. But it backfires. Every Twilight Zone has a twist, and this is the twist of this episode. The board of directors adopted the same attitude. And they end up finding Mr. Whipple obsolete. An object in their way. One who was inferior to them and they fire Mr. Whipple. When you and I, when we adopt this attitude of I'm more superior than you. You're merely inferior. Your thoughts, your opinions, your story, your situations. You should do what I want, when I want, how I want. Whether we do this consciously or subconsciously. When we take this attitude, it always backfires. Because those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And because those who humble themselves will be exalted. If we want success... If we want victory, eternal life, if we want marriages that last, families that are healthy, communities that are strong, churches that flourish, we must know that such things will belong to those who live humility. And as Paul progresses in chapter 5 and into chapter 6, you will see this play out. It begins with humility. Those who do not exert superiority over others, even if they have a role of authority over another. But those who submit to others out of reverence 
for Jesus. So again, here's the picture. Which one will reflect your story? My story. Our story. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. With heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm fully convinced the Lord is leading us to sit before him, open hearts and minds, and to ask him this question. Lord, am I living humility or pride? And I'm fully convinced that the Spirit of God is calling us, convicting us to start living humility. To live as Christ lived. To not exert superiority over others, but to submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. It has less to do about your attitude towards others than it does about your attitude towards Jesus. Jesus lived humility. He was obedient unto death because he had a reverence for the Father. Thus he declared, not my will be done, your will be done. And for some of us, the Lord is just calling us to declare like Jesus declared in the garden, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Crucify in me any pride, any sense of, well, I'm more superior. Crucify it in me, Lord. I mean, even as I pray, you can come down, you can pray at these steps if you want to. If you want to get real specific in your confession to the Lord, you do that. You need to. But even as I pray, if you say, man, I just need to make a decision. I, I've been on the fence about Jesus and following him. And, and maybe the Lord is saying, man, today's the day of your salvation. Repent and be saved in Christ. Place faith in Jesus. Surrender lordship to Jesus. You die, he lives. But for all of us collectively together, we just need to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Even as I pray, you come. Father, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus, the only human being ever who could declare that he is God incarnate, the fullness of deity in human form. Not just a prophet, not just a teacher, not just a great leader, God himself. And he makes known to us the paradox that anybody who exalts themselves will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. Lord, some of us were struggling in marriages or families or at work or just in the community or, man, just in the church. We're just having just back and forth with one another. And, Lord, you're just calling us to humility, to live humility. doesn't mean we don't have roles that carry more authority over others. But it does mean that we acknowledge we're not superior over others.
Help us to live humility out of reverence for Christ, to submit to you in all things. So crucify in us any sense or hint of pride. Kill it in us individually, in our families, and in our church. May we lay down our lives for one another, obedient unto death, out of reverence for Christ. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You guys stand with us. So we have this time of invitation. You have a decision to make, something you need to get off your chest, to pray, to confess. Man, you come forward during this time.